You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and today I'm joined by a very uncommon individual. He is a fellow podcaster, an author, an experienced creator, as well as a husband, stay-at-home dad, most importantly, a follower of Jesus, and I almost forgot to mention a devoted Chicago Bears fan, yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> JK, <laughs> Chicago Bears hater, because he's a proud yeah. cheesehead. That's right, yes. <laughs> but a great man, nonetheless. And yeah. someone that I've been excited to connect with for a while now. So I'm pleased cool. to welcome to the show, Guy Strip founder, Mr. Kyle Depius. Well, thanks, Kyle, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And the wonderful world of social media, man, there's a lot of things that aren't great about it. Uh, but what is great is you get to find other cool people and, and just um, say hi and introduce yourself and start a relationship. And you never know where it goes. So... Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm excited to be here today. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's it's my pleasure. Yeah. How's your uh, summer been treating you thus far? We're towards the end of uh, of August and man, it just feels like, you know, summer goes by. It's cliche to say, but it does. We pack summer so tight with stuff and then we get to August and we're like, oh, dude, I have so many things I haven't done yet that now I'm going to pack August even tighter. <laughs> Um, but we homeschool our son. He's going into his second year of homeschool. And so just last night I was ordering all the all the books and, and all the stuff. And he he had two goals. My son Cal, uh, like I said, who's six, he had two goals this summer. And we sat down at the beginning of summer and said, All right, buddy, like what do you what do you want to accomplish? Like, what do you want to do this summer and get done? And what's kind of a something you want to work on? And he wrote down two, or I wrote down two, he said two. Uh, first one was to go tubing uh, behind the boat. And then the second one was to learn how to ride his bike. Now he's very, he's a very cautious little guy. Like okay. he's, he's smart. He understands like balance in his body, but for whatever reason, man, he just seems cautious. I don't know if it's a firstborn thing or, or what. Mm-hmm. So he's um, other, I'm sure other parents are listening. They're like, yeah, my, my kid did that, you know, at four or five. I'm like, I know it's, it, this is a, a character refinement opportunity for me <laughs> um, to be patient with him. But he did them both. He just rode his bike two nights ago. And so we're like, yes. So it's been a good That's summer. Awesome. We bounced back and forth from Grand Forks, North Dakota to um, we got a lake place in northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like it might be far apart, but it's only like a two-hour drive. So we've been trying to spend a lot of time at the lake and, and just enjoy it because it seems like, they're, you know, I came back a couple of days ago from the lake and there's starting to be a couple of these that are turning colored. It's oh, just, man. man, it's early, you know, so um, long answer to your short question. But yeah, we're trying to squeeze everything we can out of summer. Yeah. How did you guys celebrate the uh, the bike ride milestone? 
You know, we try to play it cool because I knew he would <laughs> he would just be like he he would kind of take it, you know, um, and run with it in the, maybe not the best way, but we'll probably take him out for ice cream or something like that, you know, tonight or or tomorrow, DQ or or something. But um, yeah, he he just he got back, he got off the bike, and he just acted all cool. Like, yeah, I, I know how to, <laughs> I know how to bike, no big deal, you know. So it was kind of funny. It, it was cool to see and experience those milestones as a parent. For sure, and you and and Cal uh, from our previous conversation, you guys took a a uh, Wisconsin Green Bay Green Bay yeah. Wisconsin trip. How did that How did <laughs> that go? That was great, man. Like one of the things as a parent, as a father, it's it brings so much joy to be able to share uh, in share passions and share interests and share things that you both enjoy. And I'm a Packers fan. I'm from Wisconsin. And I went to UW Green Bay. So for four years of my life, I spent, you know, the majority of that in Green Bay. And I'm a Packers fan. Um, and last November, so 2022, I took him to his first Packers game. And he loved it, man. Like he, it was, his eyes were huge the whole time. And um, yeah, earlier this summer, his favorite uh, player is A.J. Dillon, um, Quadzilla. Right, the guy with the huge, yep, huge back. <laughs> yeah. And my mom texted me one morning. It was in July, mid in July, and she's like, "Hey, what are you doing today?" I'm like, "I don't know, Mom. Could, could it be a little bit more specific than that?" She's <laughs> like, "She's like Cal's favorite player, AJ Dillon, created a children's book, and he's doing a book launch, a book release party at Lambeau Field." And I'm like, "That's cool, Mom, but Grand Forks is like." seven and a half hours away oh, wow. from, okay. from green bay and i said when is the event she's like tomorrow and i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> so i was just like well i don't know if we can make it happen you know like so i said well i'll talk to cal when he wakes up so he got up and i'm like cal what do you think but you want to go i can move some things around we can make it happen do a quick dude venture uh, which is just something that him and i kind of have as a tradition we go away for a couple nights just him and i and um he's like he's eating you know he's eating cereal again all cool and calm he just woke up he's like sure dad i'll go if you want to go and i'm like all right if you if you want <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so we did it we, we drove to uh wausau which just left us with like an hour and a half the next day so we got up early made it in time for the book signing met my parents uh so his grandparents and on my side of the family cal is the only grandchild on Lois' side, my wife's side, he's one of 24. Oh, wow. So such a difference. Yeah. So we, we go and we hang out with my parents and go to the book signing. He gets, he gets his picture with, with A.J. Dillon and he's got a book. We did the Lambeau Field Tour. We went to the train museum. And then we stayed at uh, the Tundra Lodge, which is just a water park kind of right by Lambeau. And we got to enjoy water slides and, and just kind of hang out. So we, I turned it into a thing and it just, it was this really cool experience, man, to just, and I've been, this is the third year I've taken him somewhere for a night or two, just him and I. And, you know, my vision long-term is more of like a rite of passage as, as I think he's kind of ready. And we'll talk about different things that I think um, are important. And my hope is that he comes to me as not only, you know, just his dad, but someone who he trusts and, Maybe he's going through some things or he wants to talk about things. And I want to open up that space for him to do that. So 
I'm trying to lay the foundation for that, you know, years into the future. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was really fun. We had a great time. We were really tired, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's a long drive for just basically one full day, but, yep. uh, yeah, we had, we had a blast and it's things like that that I, hopefully he remembers, you know, as he gets older. Yeah, I'm sure he will. That was actually going to be one of my questions just based on what I know about you and, and the work that you do is what your thoughts on the rite of passage were as that's kind of been a, a, uh, an idea or a practice that's been growing in recent years as I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got two boys or they're, they're younger, they're three and one and a half, but it's already something that I'm kind of thinking of, but I love that you, like you said, you're laying the, the groundwork for it now mm-hmm. doing these, these dude ventures. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's just kind of the, seems like the natural stepping stones and uh, yeah. yeah, it does it won't come out of left fields. Like, why does dad want to do this big thing with me? Cause he's never yeah. really invested. It's like, no, yeah. dad's been, been intentional my whole yeah. life. So like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Well, there's, um, I think the beauty in that is like, I, I will humbly say like, I don't know, like, I don't know yet. Um, but I also don't really have to know, but to, to the point, like, I'm just creating this, this, uh, touch point, this once a year type thing, you know, it's like we're going away. Um, and that'll evolve over time, but there's a great resource, Ryan, like, um, Mark Batterson, he's a, pastor out of i think the dc area he's got a great book called play the man have you have you heard of it or read it before i'm familiar with him i've not read that okay. book he's got yeah he's got a few different books i think like chase the lion right yeah. and then i think in a in a pit with a lion on a, on a snowy day or something like that i've yeah. only i've read um chase the lion i haven't read the other one but then this play the man he he talks about what he did for a rite of passage with i think he has two sons for sure one um but he talks about his process, how he did it, and he kind of gives a blueprint for any guy who's interested in doing the same. So I will, I will probably use that as as a handbook. But I think the beauty is, you hear from a few different guys, and you, you kind of ask what they do, and then you get to come up with whatever it is that's your yeah. own. Take bits from this one, take bits from this one, and you know what's unique to you. Like every son's going to be a little bit different. You know, my let's just say, Cal, my son doesn't want to go camping. Maybe he wants to do something different. You know what I mean? And so make it yours. And I think that's the cool part. But yeah, I, I see it as as being the door, the path for that. But I don't really know yet what that looks like. Yeah. And like you said, every, every young man is going to be different. So as you've been intentional to put in this work years ahead of time, you're going to know what is going to resonate with him the most because you've, you've been spending that time with him and you've been learning about who he is becoming as a young man and what his interests are. So that's super cool. There's another resource that I've encountered. It's called milestones to manhood. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's probably similar to the Mark Batterson book, but it's a Christian co-authored by a father and a son and cool. I forget the names of the authors, but milestones to man. And if you search it, you'll find it. Um, I just, I wrote it down. Sorry. I was, yeah, yeah. Still I know that you, uh, I, like, I, I know that you're right. always adding to your Amazon yeah, library. Yeah, it's way too <laughs> so, much, dude. I spent too much on that stuff. <laughs> the library is key, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually bought that book a few months ago because okay. my, my co host on the show, Phil, his son uh, was turning 13 and they actually shared the same birthday, which is really cool. So I bought that book and read it and then it was like a month before their birthday. So I gave it to him 
And then he actually, to his credit, like did the rite of passage with his son. So they had taken a birthday trip down to Florida where he got to go scuba diving with him. But then when they got back, he, the way that they kind of lay out the framework is, and they've been doing it in their family in this book, they've been doing it in their family for generations, which is really cool. But they have the older, if there are any older male siblings and then like the father and uncles and, and grandpas, whoever can be involved go for like a two day period somewhere in the book they go to a cabin but again like you can customize it how you want but yeah really cool to see phil do that with his son and then we got to i got to interview both of them on our show and hear from his son beckham of like what that meant and so yeah there there was a to borrow to to piggyback off that i had a friend who no his son was little i think his son was 18 so i don't think it was a rite of passage thing but it was more of like um just pouring into his son, he held a dinner, the father, uh, his name is Steve. So Steve invited like all of his friends that he knows, loves, trusts, respects, have done some great things in life. He invited all them and his 18 year old son. And the whole dinner was about all these other guys just sharing like what it means to be successful, what it means to walk out your faith in the marketplace, what it means to how they got their success and things that they've learned, maybe things that they failed at. And I just envision like, you know, an 18 year old getting the opportunity to sit and hear from all these wise men about things that went well, things that didn't go well. And I'm like, wow, that is really, really powerful. And what a great, what a great idea for a father to do that for his son and and for all the friends of that father to, to say, Hey, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to pour into your son. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah. How how, how fathers and men are stepping up and doing things like that for the next generation. Yeah. I can't think of a better gift to have been Mm -hmm. given or to give to my, my sons in the future. It's like, that's way better than giving them a car. Yeah. 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 Right. But I, and I think it's all, it all kind of crystallized for me when I heard a question, I forget if it was on a, a podcast or, or something, but it said like, at what point in your life did you know that you were a man? And mm-hmm. as I reflected back on my adolescence, you know, there's so many things that come to mind that our culture says it's like you get your your license or you get your first job or drink your first beer or even lose your virginity. And like some of those things are not good messages. Mm-hmm. Others are like they're good things, but they don't necessarily designate manhood. And so as I yeah. reflected, I'm like, I have no idea when I became yeah. a man. And so to be intentional and to create that space as a as a father for my future boys and to for them to be able to look back and definitively say, like, I had this this weekend and like I was told by my father and other men in my life whom I respect and trust, like that I had become a man. Um, doesn't mean I'm an adult at that point. I still don't get all those same responsibilities, but I'm now stepping into to manhood yeah. and I have a support system. I think more. Than yeah. That yeah. That's a, that's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, if you were to say me, I'd be like, I don't know, man, I, yeah. I would need some time to think about that and kind of reflect that's a, that's a powerful question. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I could talk about rite of passage for the rest of our time, <laughs> but I really want to get into some of your story as well. Um, sure. because, yeah, I'd say I would definitely describe you as an uncommon guy, but from what I've learned about you and from your podcast and your book, like it sounds like your story isn't too uncommon in the sense that, you know, several years back you found your, yourself in a place that I think 
a lot of us to end up kind of trading time for dollars, mm-hmm. unfulfilled in your work. I think as mm-hmm. you self-described like a corporate burnout mm-hmm. and really just questioning your definition of, of success, would you say that's like a fair kind yeah. of summation of that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd really even love to give you the floor to put yourself back in that season and, and share with our listeners, you know, what, what year was it? What were you doing for work? What did family look like? Maybe mm-hmm. any other important details that, that paint that picture. Yeah, I was, I was in my low thirties and just for context now, I'm 43. So probably about 10 years ago. And, um, and I've been working in large corporations and kind of the culture in that environment is, you know, every couple of years you should be getting promoted, you know, so all throughout that time, you should be, you know, working on your resume to, to get all the things so that you can get promoted and practice your interviews and, and kind of meet different people, go for coffee and all this, it's the song and dance. Right. And, and so all of a sudden you kind of, you just kind of adopt that as that's the way it is. And this is just what you got to do. And uh, so I was fully into that mode and um, it just kind of led me down this path of, wait a minute, like, what am I doing? And, and you start to climb the ladder and you get towards the top of the ladder and you look around and you're like, is this, is this what it's all about? Is, is this the definition of success? And I had, you know, some of the things that would traditionally define success in terms of the material world, but I was lonely. I was, I was empty. I was unfulfilled. And it's just, I, I was starting to question, like, you know, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be in, if I've been doing this for 12, 10, 12 years, do I want to keep doing this for 15, 20, 25 years until the end of my professional career? And the answer was like, absolutely not. And that really kind of shook me. That kind of rocked me because I just assumed that this is just what you do. And you put your head down and you just keep doing this. So at this time, I was married for just a couple of years to Lois. We did not have any, we did not have Cal. Um, so I just started to ask different questions and it led me down a different path. And I left corporate America and um, was trying to connect the dots. You know, I'm like, well, what am, what am I good at? What did I enjoy during my professional career? And how do those intersect, you know? And I kind of came to this uh, conclusion. I, I enjoy the process of uncovering learning for people. And I took that quite literally and they swung the pendulum all the way over to becoming a high school business teacher. And I did that for a couple of years. I loved it, man. Like I, I've always said, if we didn't have Cal, I would still be a high school business teacher. I absolutely loved it. And two years into it, we had Cal and this is 2017. And so my wife did her maternity leave. Uh, Cal was born in March. So three months gets you to June. It coincided with the end of the school year. So I finished out the school year. I did not choose to renew my contract. I was driving 65 miles one way to teach just for context for people. Yeah. And I said, well, something close came up as in where we lived. If, if another school district had an opening for a business teacher, I would I'd apply for it, but nothing came up, man. And, um, I took the ultimate promotion to a stay-at-home dad and there's a beautiful gift there and it's obviously spending so much time and getting to influence 
your child. But the other gift, I mean, you got young kids, you know, like they sleep a lot. <laughs> and so like, what am I going to do when he's, you know, taking two naps a day? And I came up with what I thought was, you know, this idea I've had for a long time. And I just started to pursue it. And I'm someone who's very, like, I'm introverted to the core, man. Like, I'm a, I'm a 9 or a 10 out of 10 on the introverted scale. And and I've always enjoyed personal and professional growth and development. So I would go to conferences. I went to a John Maxwell conference in Orlando 2018, I think it was. There's thousands of people in the room. And, you know, you've got the lanyard with your name on it. You've got everyone sitting around a table. No one knows each other. And you're in a Marriott hotel conference room. There's no windows. It's just concrete walls and stuff. So I was always the guy who shortly into it, I would just, I would just walk. Like I go to the bathroom. So I would just walk out <laughs> and I would never, <laughs> I would, I'd be right back and I never came back. <laughs> but I would go like, all right, what's the adventure? What's the flavor of the, of the area here in terms of things to do? Like, is it hiking? Is it surfing? Is it golf? What is it? Like, how do I kind of find it? And so I would leave and I'd go do that. Craziest thing, Ryan, like I wasn't the only one that would do that. I would find other people who were doing the same thing. <laughs> and we just found each other. And I noticed like the conversations that matter, the conversations that are important, they kind of happen when you're shoulder to shoulder and you're doing something together. You're experiencing something, sharing experiences. And I just said to myself, I wonder if I could create this and intentionally design this for people. So in 2019, I held my first experience in the North Shore of Minnesota and we did hiking. We, I mean, Lake Superior in October, Lake Superior period is cold. Yeah. And so we kind of did like a cold plunge before it was kind of trendy like it is now. I had a helicopter land at the resort, pick us up and go see hover over waterfall. Like we did some cool stuff. But what's interesting, Ryan, this is where I think God really came into play here. I didn't market this for all guys, but all guys showed up to my first trip. And so naturally the conversation was different. And it was really obvious to me that guys don't have a space to talk about what's important in their life, what's important in their business, what's important in their relationships, their health. Uh, as a husband, as a father, all these things. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I just, I need to keep doing this. So we, we went dog sledding and I'll fast forward to today and I've done 10 or 11 of them in three weeks from today. I take a group to the Inca trail, Peru for our first time international and um, wrote a book, got a podcast, like all the things. And so that's kind of bringing me up to speed, bringing the listener up to speed to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to unpack there. Even going back to that that season of life where you found yourself burnt out, mm-hmm. and I know you said it took you like eighteen months or so to really mm-hmm. kind of bounce back. I would love to even hear like what did that bounce back look like? Because I'm sure there are going to be plenty of people listening that are in that place or or maybe mm-hmm. like very quickly heading in that direction. Yeah, and want to know like what do I have to do to kind of shake myself out of this this rut? And I'd even love to hear like what was God teaching you and revealing to you about? Because I think this is a big question of like identity and the mm-hmm. the things that we place our identity in, 
yeah. as men a lot of times is our work and our profession. It's the, the first question we ask at John Maxwell meetings. So what was God, God yeah. showing you in that time? Well, I think that, um, I think my identity was in the wrong things. My identity was in work. My identity was in my title. My identity was in how much money I was making, uh, how others perceived me because I got, I got kind of rocked a little bit. I'm going to answer your question shortly, but I got rocked a little bit when I was staying at home. And, you know, you go to a social gathering and you don't know people and you kind of stand in a circle and, you know, we all ask each other the same question, like, what do you do for work? And it gets to me, the question gets to me and I'm like, oh, I'm a stay at home dad. And it took me so long to just say that confidently without fear of judgment. Um, and people don't know how to handle that answer, especially guys. They're like, it's one or two responses. They're like, oh, tell me more. Like, how's that going? What, like, what's it about? The other response is pure awkwardness. And it, and it goes to, it has to go to the next person immediately to answer the question so we can not have to talk about it. <laughs> so I had to deal with my ego with that as well. And I think God was really breaking down the identity, where it comes from, pride. Uh, and that took a long, dude, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very uh, stiff necked uh, person. It takes a while to chisel its way through, but that, that 18 month period was really challenging because I didn't really know what to do. And, you know, I'm going through Proverbs right now every day. So we're on the 17th day of August. I'm on chapter 17 in Proverbs. I'm just going through that in August, 31 days, 31 chapters. And I was looking for, um, I was looking for a verse that I hit this morning and I'm going to find it here. Um, cause I want to share it cause I think it's really important because yeah, I, please. I think this is part that I did not have in my life, but it basically talks about a brother is born for adversity. I can't find it, but I think you, maybe you're familiar with it or the listener might yep. be a brother is born for adversity times of adversity. And I was in adversity and I didn't really have a good support group mm. of men in my life, whether it's guys who are in a similar life season, life stage, or guys who already maybe have been through it. They're a little bit older. Follow in the steps of good men. Walk with the wise and become wise. Like all of these sayings and Proverbs, like, man, I don't, I didn't do a good job of cultivating that in my life because I think at this age in my, in low thirties, and I think maybe the listener will relate as men, especially, we have a hard time like making new friends. It's difficult. And the friends in our life might be by default or might be by proximity default, like college friends, high school friends. There's nothing wrong with this. And then proximity, you work with them. But where do you find the guys who are trying to do more? They want to be a better husband. They want to be a better father. They want to grow in their professional career and journey. Like, where do you find them? Like, you got to go out and look for them. You know, and so I didn't do that. And this is why I think that period of time of burnout was a very stretched out season and it didn't have to be. Mm -hmm. I don't think I did a very good job listening to what I think God wanted me to do. Like I said, I was very, very much into my identity of work, my identity of title, pride, ego. And that time should have been compressed much more than it was. I should have found other guys to lean on. 
And this is maybe, I think, why as we come full, full circle, why I have guys true is because I want to surround guys with other guys to help them in times of adversity. Maybe they're not in it now, but they will be. And when right. they are, they've got a group of guys who can support them because that's, man, that's what I would have needed during that season. Yeah. And so that's kind of maybe why I've got what I've got now and I'm doing what I'm doing now is I've learned and hopefully I can help others as well. No, thanks for unpacking that. It's it's really cool to see how God, I mean, Romans 8.28 uses all things for good for those who love him mm-hmm. and are called according to his purpose and how he can create something beautiful out of some of the darkest and, and most challenging seasons of our lives. Yeah. A lot of times we, yeah, we can get, get in his way because we're trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. fix it as quickly as we can. But sometimes we just need to sit in it and yeah. let him do the work in us that he's wanting to do. Yep. Um, I love how you talk about being promoted to be a, a stay at home dad um, after Cam's birth. And I know you've talked about even like the toll that that season took on like marriage what did those initial conversations with your wife Lois look like as you agreed that like she was going to go back to work, you were going to stay at home? Um, was that like a, a no brainer? Was it something you guys had already been talking about? Was there any resistance from her? I'm just curious, like how that um, materialized. Yeah, she'll, she's the second child of seven on her, on her family and her side. And all of her sisters are, are stay at home. They, they work at home with the kids. So I think, you know, for us, we had some, we had some things to work out because I don't think she ever viewed herself as someone who would, would keep working. Although as I say that in the same breath, she will say that she is not someone who could not, not work. She loves to work. She loves her job. And it, it rewind to that season. As I said, I was driving 60. So there was a part of the, the decision that was very practical. I was driving 65, 65 miles one way on a teacher's salary. And she was working a job that she loved. The job was very flexible. Um, and we saw a good path there for her as she continued. And so we just kind of made the decision that for this season, this is what we're going to do. And we certainly ask for a lot of wisdom from others, you know, in the church, other people that we loved and respected and we thought were doing and living life on the path that we wanted to be on. And so we didn't make the decision in isolation. Uh, we made it in community and among other, other people. Um, and it ended up being, I think, a really good decision because I look at it now it allowed for this birth of something to happen called guy's trip and her job has taken her on a few different turns and she now has a fully flexible work from home job that she loves and um yeah the decision was tough because we did it a little we did non-traditional roles for a while you know and that too was something where i just had to kind of move past my ego and my pride and my identity of work period like there was no work for a season before i started on this entrepreneurial journey and so that was challenging as well um and it's something that we had to continuously check in on and we had to just keep saying like how are we doing how are you doing what's coming up um communication i think is so important within a marriage uh, but especially when you're taking some of these 
these non-traditional things mm. you have to keep kind of checking in because she, I'm, she feels guilt once in a while about not being home and she did on on the way and i think if we were to snap our fingers and we could say all right kyle you can switch with lois lois you switch with kyle if we could snap our fingers today and that would happen i think we would both do it okay um so that's just kind of where we're at the, the path that i think we're on but i do believe that it's been something that has worked for us but i also think we both know it's a season and we aren't going to do this forever uh, and i think this season is coming to an end probably pretty soon as well so you know it's a snapshot of our life it's a season and um it hasn't been easy uh but it's also been pretty rewarding yeah so would would guys trip continue then or yeah we'll good continue. you scared me for a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah we will i think i think what's come out of guys trip has been just something i could have never imagined and you know it's it's been so so cool to see it's amazing how i think god has had his hand all over and and bringing guys into it you know at just the right time and to watch the transformation that's occurred in their life has been man so rewarding and um yeah it, it's it's gonna stick around we're not we're not leaving it um we'll probably you know double down on it actually so perfect that's what i want to hear more That's to come on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate you even sharing just the dynamics of marriage and communicating through yeah. big changes in that relationship. Cause yeah. yeah, that can that can be something that kind of pulls you apart or it can be something that brings you together depending on how you approach it as yeah. a as a team. And how how many years have you and, and your wife been married now? Ten. We got married in okay. twenty thirteen. Awesome. Awesome. Good milestone there. Yeah. I want to give you even a moment just to to brag on your wife, Lois, Kyle. So this is a two-part question. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm sure there are many things you love about her, but what is one quality of hers that you really love and appreciate? And then what is one of the most significant ways that she's helped you grow and become a better man? I think that um, she is one of the most, th this will be a unique answer, but I really respect her for this she is probably the most disciplined consistent person i've ever met we've married like i said over 10 years and i think in that 10 year span she gets up in the morning a little bit early and she either runs or she does her workout in the basement i can just i just heard her flip on the shower so like she's done with her workout <laughs> and she's probably missed three days in our entire marriage where she hasn't done that because she's been you know really sick or, or whatever it might be she doesn't miss it and her level of discipline and consistency uh is so inspiring to me because i am i am the opposite man like <laughs> I, I i will that's a tough one for me so she she makes me a better person just by being who she is and me having a front row seat to that um you know she fiercely loves her family uh and cal she's a great mom how she balances being a leader in the workforce in the marketplace and being a mom at home is is amazing and she'll say that she needs improvement there um but she's great at it um 
you know, and her and I are very different, man. Like I am an adrenaline, spontaneous, last minute, you know, no plans type of guy. And she's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of ways, you know, opposites attract. And she, so she has made me a better, well-rounded man in, in every category of life because she pulls me off the edge so many times. Uh, living that way for me would probably not be great. So she's, she's rounded me out in, in all those ways. She's, she's made me a better man, better husband, better father, better entrepreneur, better leader. Um, all those things. So she gets a lot of credit because I am very much kind of on the edge on things and uh, she brings me back in. That's awesome. Yeah. Good, good yin and yang sounds yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What would you say is, is something that you guys, well, what are you like celebrating as parents, like in the life of your son, Kyle? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, he had his summer goals and, you know, he just kind of hit those. I've done the dude ventures with him now for a couple of years. And like I said, she's kind of like a disciplined, consistent, rigid structure type of a person. I've had to force her into taking him on kind of like a mother son trip and encouraging them to grow in their relationship that way. And uh, so they'll be going to, uh, they found a beat spot that they want to get to in November. But as we come up here in this next uh, fall season, like I've got a few trips, actually, to be transparent, honest, I, I messed up the fall. Like I've got too much going on. Oh. <laughs> and so we've been like wildly communicating about how we're going to get through this next part because we homeschool Cal. So when I'm gone, uh, my wife works, you know, so it's not like he can just, he can play Legos for a little bit on his own, but you know, he, he, he can't do that all day. Uh, so it puts a, a little bit of a burden on her. And so after the fall, we are going to celebrate together after my last trip, which is a golf trip in uh, Alabama in November. We're spending, uh, we just booked a week at, in the Gulf Shores. I've never been down there, man, the Gulf Shores of Alabama. And it's just a way to celebrate together as a family. I, I think it's important to have finish lines on seasons. Hmm. So it's like, all right, we got this next stretch of life here, which is going to be full. It's, I hate the word, but it's going to be busy. And so let's get to that. And then when we're there, uh, let's celebrate together. And so we've got that to look forward to as a finish line for this next season. I love that idea of celebrating those, those milestones as a family. And it's so cool that You've, as she is, has helped you uh, grow in different ways. It sounds like you're you're doing that for her also, and just encouraging her to be intentional with having those times with yeah. Cal. And because yeah, both yeah. relationships are are equally important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. Well, I want to as we kind of uh, get close to wrapping up, I want to shift to guys' trip and and uh, just give the listeners some more kind of more of an inside look at that. Mm -hmm. Try to inspire some some men, including myself, to take action. Maybe sign up for one in the in the near future. Sure. So, love um, to have you. Yeah. So I know that you built Guys Trip on three pillars. I believe they are adventure, clarity, mm -hmm. and connection. And maybe mm -hmm. they've kind of evolved over time. But I would love to even have you unpack like why you feel those three pillars are so crucial in a man's quest to you know kind of reach beyond mm -hmm. the status quo. Yeah. Well, let's look at the three and you know adventure. Oh, man, I'm someone who 
the the book Wild at Heart from John Eldridge really spoke to me. And I believe he says that, you know, God has sown adventure into the hearts of men. And I cannot agree with that anymore. Like, I think that is spot on, you know, and for me, I listened to a podcast, uh, Tim Belke's got space, uh, Harbor ministries. I love it. Yeah. And he I listened talk, to that as well. I, he's great. Yeah. And he just, he talks about how his pathway, his ability to connect with God is through nature and through being outside. And uh, man, I just totally agree. So that's one part. And I also think like a lot of guys just don't do a very good job of scheduling like an adventure in their life. And I think it unpacks, it reveals so much for men and to live and feel like you're on an adventure and to feel alive. Man, it just brings out a lot of stuff. So adventures, one, you know, kind of clarity. I think that we live a really fast paced life. I think that we jam pack our schedules and I'm guilty of this too, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago. But what happens is like, it's like you're in a high-speed bullet train and when you try to look outside everything is a blur like you really can't see clearly and so what i try to do on these trips is i try to really slow down the pace i give a lot of margin i don't stuff the agendas and it's my hope that we can slow down the train and guys can look outside the window and start to see some things in focus mm -hmm. and what's important in life and what do they need to maybe make some changes in and what does that look like where can they get help from the group um and then the last one i think we kind of touched on but i think you know loneliness is certainly an epidemic in america especially among men especially among men that i think are successful in life they have their heads down they're just trying to get through work they've got their family and what's often left out is brotherhood and, and other men and like we mentioned earlier in Proverbs 17, it's a brother is born for adversity. And I think that's really important. So I just, if I focus on bringing the right guys in, and it, it gives these guys a chance to make new friendships. I see new businesses form out of it. Uh, I've seen guys go visit other guys in the cities and they bring their wives and other wives are hanging out. It's just, it's a really cool thing. Uh, and so those are kind of the three pillars that, that exist within as the foundation of guys trip. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I've heard you share before, even just, I, th I was listening to another interview you did and you were talking about, I think it, you said something to the effect of giving men what they think they want so they can mm. get what they really need. And so the adventure yeah. being kind of that, that Trojan pathway, horse. yeah, the Trojan horse, that pathway yeah. to actually, <laughs> forming rapport very quickly and yeah. and the the willingness those walls kind of come down those facades yeah. when you're doing something hard yeah it's like none of us have ever done this whether it's dog sledding or yeah. cold plunger or whatever the case may be it's like you don't have time to worry about what you look like or sound like how you come across it's like we're all in the trenches together yeah and that's when you can really connect authentically and then yeah. that just leads into naturally like some more vulnerable Con yeah. honest conversations about what's really going on in our lives and yeah. um, oh i'm not the only one that's mm -hmm. and when you realize that then you really feel the license and the safety yeah. to to share and, and like that's how we grow so yeah i, I love that i'm right there the, right there with you yeah. on the topic of clarity so i know i know you give space to time of solitude on your mm -hmm. trips 
And that's been a concept that's been coming up for me more and more. And I actually wanted to let you know, after I read your book, that was like maybe the fifth time I'd heard of like <laughs> practicing solitude within the span of a couple of weeks. I'm like, all right, God's clearly telling me something here. So yeah. I actually took action on it. And a couple of weeks ago, I spent an entire 24 hours in a oh. in a room, completely dark, completely silent. Oh. And and just took time to be still. I did a reflection podcast episode of it, but it was, I really tried to go into it with no expectations of having this grand revelation, but just really, really wanted to just hear from God. And it is very hard to do like mm -hmm. from a mental standpoint. Yeah. And I'll confess, like I'm on my phone far more than I care to be. I think, I think most of us are, if we're honest mm -hmm. and just even the, even the, just the natural inclination to like pull out your phone. And I think always be like entertained and always have our mind like yeah. engaged with, with something uh, is, is pretty, can be pretty detrimental. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was a challenging exercise, but I'd say it was very rewarding and one that I plan to have that be kind of a, maybe an annual discipline. Good for you. Yeah, or even just to go to spaces like where your phone doesn't work. Right. You know, we got three days on the Inca Trail coming up. Like, that's three days where your phone's not going to work, man. Like, that's that's going to be a challenge, but in a really good way. Yep. And I'm going to incorporate the cabin that we have in the Northwoods and the guys trip more. We don't get cell service up there, but I, I think it's I think it's what people need in general, guys especially. And that's going to be weaving into guys trip as well. It's like, how do we? give you the opportunity to break away from some of these things in life that are really just distractions mm -hmm. and give you the chance to allow things to bubble up to the surface. I think that's what happens is like we're on cognitive overload with these phones. Like we're constantly getting messages or notifications or whatever. And so now we become disciplined to constantly check the second we have a free moment Yep. Like you're standing in line at a grocery store, you're the second person in, and all of a sudden you just pull out your phone because you have a, yeah. like, what are we doing? You have to yeah. stop sign, stop light, and you just look over and people are like looking at their phone because they have five seconds. And I love to break away from that. And I need it as much as anyone else. And um, I think that, and I love to hear of, of this practice of yours. I've never done like a silent retreat, but that's something that I think is starting to become more appealing to me because uh, I just think that that would be really powerful. Yeah, especially as a diehard Packers fan. You got, you got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers leading the way. <laughs> oh, gosh, the darkness retreat. Yeah, I, we're talking about two different things. Like we're not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. doing that. Baby steps, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've shared with you kind of how we're also wanting to do um, similar type of leadership mm -hmm. adventure retreats. And mm -hmm. one thing we run into that I think is just pretty natural is men being resistant to investing in themselves, especially when they are married and have, have kids and kind of taking that, maybe that martyr approach of like, and I think we do that in our work too. It's like, I've got to keep my nose to the grindstone. I've got to provide, I've got to work long hours and I'm doing this for my family. And that is good. And like, we are called to work hard and provide, but something that I think a lot of guys are resistant to is, is, or they just don't see the the value of taking a weekend to, to separate from their family and go really in, invest in themselves 
be poured into and also pour into other men and seeing that as like, oh, that's actually going to let me return to my family and, and show up better in my marriage and as a father and, and in my health and just in my overall vision of life. Is is that something that you've in, encountered and, and what does it look like for you to kind of communicate that value and, and help men kind of receive that? I think we're our, our avatar clients are one of the most difficult <laughs> the group of clients out there. It's for this reason. And can like, can we just be honest? Can we be for, do you want my honest answer here? Or do you want me to give you the, the PC uh, answer? I mean, we'll go with honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, and I'm, I was guilty of this too, before I kind of got into this world. I think all the things that you just said, like, Hey, I'm, I'm busy. I got a family. I got to keep working. I think for most guys, not all, most guys, that's really just an excuse. That's a cover up for saying, oh man, this is uncomfortable. I don't know what this is going to look like. Um, you know, what's going to go on during this weekend? Am I going to like any of these guys? And am I going to have to get out of my comfort zone? And they're afraid of that. So what's the easiest thing to do? It's just to stay where you are. Show me the last time you've been out of your comfort zone and I'll tell you the last time you actually grew. And I think for us guys, it's really easy to just kind of stay with, with what we're doing because it's safe. We don't have to meet new people. We don't have to try something new. And so I think for most guys, and maybe this is a bit of a wake up call for some that are listening. I think that's an excuse. And I think you need to look in the, in the mirror and say, what's the real resistance here? I've had a few guys even tell me right up until one of the trips that they came on, they were like, Hey Kyle, I was thinking about just kind of backing out. Like I had a lot of things come up and work's kind of crazy right now. And da, 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 da. But they go on to say like, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I didn't listen to that resistance that I had because this is what I needed. Like I needed to be refreshed. I needed rest. I needed to try something new. I needed to meet some new guys. I needed new ideas. And all that happens when you get out of your comfort zone and you can just get out of your own way. And so I would just challenge people to really look into that hesitation, that resistance. And is it an excuse to, to just stay where you are or is, or is it real? And, and I've seen from my experience and myself included, like when I get resistance, I got to lean into that because I think the best things come when you can overcome that resistance and step into a bit of the unknown, uh, man, that's where all the magic is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you see, you see what you're really capable of. Um, yeah. And it kind of shatters that, that paradigm of, of false belief of, oh, this is, mm -hmm. this is life as I know it. And this is what I'm, I'm meant for. And there's nothing really more. And you used a word, uh, you said safe and just that idea of, being safe in our comfort zone. And I'm coming around to seeing like, that's actually a dangerous place to be because we think we're safe, but we can, we could just spend our lives drifting. And mm -hmm. then we wake up 10, 20 plus years from now yeah. and our marriage is not strong. Um, our relationships with our kids, you know, we may be estranged from them. Our health has fallen by the wayside and we just haven't, we haven't, we all have dreams. We all have these grand things that we want to achieve. And I think most, most people will, will get into the twilight of their lives and, and realize like, Oh, 
I thought I was going to have all this time towards the end to do all these things and mm-hmm. all the things I put off now, like, when am I going to do them? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, and it is, it is hard. I'm still having to grow in, in my pursuit of being uncomfortable and creating experiences for my kind of man, manufacturing that in my own life mm-hmm. and then trying to in, encourage other guys to like, to mm-hmm. do it as well. It's, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's one that is, definitely worth worthwhile and pursuing yeah you know i I think for men like we're we're pouring into our work we're pouring into our family like our wives and our kids and all these other things and you have to ask yourself like who's pouring into me you know go back to what i said when i was kind of really at the, the bottom of of my my journey and my burnout i was there and i was there for a long time because I was not allowing anyone to pour into me. And I was not going out and, and finding other guys to talk to. And um, it doesn't have to be that way. You have to ask and look at who can pour into me, who is pouring into me. And maybe you don't think you need it right now. Maybe you're not in the season or there's a storm in your life, but you will eventually. It, it's the part of reality. And in my low mid 40s, you know, I'm invited to more funerals and I seem to be attending more weddings and cancer seems to be popping up and inching closer and closer and closer into friends and family in my life. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I got aging parents and I'm navigating all these things. Like I don't really, I've never been here before. And again, a brother is born at times of adversity. And I think that that stuff is just really important because you may not be in adversity now, but you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That idea of having men who are further down the path than you, but Mm -hmm. then also being that to guys that Mm -hmm. aren't as far down the path as you just returning, returning that. Now this has been awesome. Yeah. As we, as we close, I guess the last question that I would love to ask is, you know, as, as men, I, I know that mo- most of us feel stuck or burnt out at various times in our lives. And so I think just for the the guy who's listening to this and, and knows that he wants to elevate in some area, whether that is in, and it can be in his work too. I don't want to, don't want to give the, the wrong picture there because worthwhile work is, is a good thing to pursue, but it could be in his marriage or his relationship with his kids, his health, his, his faith. I'd love to just hear from you, Kyle. Like, what advice would you give, or, or maybe even what's a question you would ask to to that gentleman? I think that um, awareness to where you are and where the gap is from where you are to where you want to be is huge because it just shows that hey, we're moving from there's a shift from unconscious living to conscious living. There's a shift from not being intentional to being intentional. And so if you're feeling, if you're feeling that, I think that's a really good thing. And then step two is what is the vision for what you want in your life? And that's a question that you might have to sit with for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking in every category. What's the vision for work for you? What's the vision for your marriage? What's the vision for you as father? What's the vision of uh, a healthy 43-year-old look like? Because I'll tell you what, as a 43-year-old, it doesn't look the same as what I, I've envisioned as a 23-year-old, you know, like maxing out the bench press on Monday. Like it doesn't, it isn't the same and it changes. So what what is the vision for your life? And then 
let's get some plans in place to go get it and let's go to the Lord with it. And what does he want? And I think that you have to, if you're in a place where you're like, man, I'm not where I want to be. I want to just give you encouragement that it'll take some time to get to where you want to be. And that's okay. Like we're used to a microwave type of life. We want things done now immediately, but um, maybe you're in a season. You don't want to be in that season. You don't like it. It's not where you want to be. You feel stuck there. Um, Put a plan in place, have the vision, get a plan, and then just start making steps to get there. And and that's what I did. You hear my story. Dude, I gave you 10 years of my life and I, I said it in about two minutes. <laughs> there's a there's a lot in there. So don't look at my life and say, man, that that's what I want to do. It happened fast. Like, no, it didn't. Like, it took a long time. And we had plans in place and we were following the path. And in the moment, it felt like forever. But now that we look back on it, it's like, whoa, that, that went by really fast. So if time's going to go by fast, either way, you might as well be intentional with it. And if you are currently not where you want to be, be encouraged that it'll you'll get there eventually. And don't compare yourself to someone else's timeline. Um, just just work your plan. Can't say it any better myself. That's a great note to to leave it on. So, yeah, Kyle, I just want to thank you again for coming on, for uh, just sharing honestly from your own experience. I think a lot of a lot of uh, insight and wisdom that. I know myself and myself as well as our listeners can really take from and and take action on um, and implement. So yeah, very encouraged from talking with Good. you today. Thank you. Well, thanks for opening up your platform and, and sharing me. I enjoyed the conversation and I look forward to continuing it. Yeah, me too. Well, you've been listening to The Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, signing off and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.